This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi. We're going to be talking about Parshas Midbar. We try to focus on one of the tag mitzvahs, each of these uh, parshas. But in Parshas Midbar, there aren't any specific ones of the Tariq mitzvahs, even though there are mitzvahs in the sense that Galisol was commanded uh, to <clears throat> do certain things. But since there are, there were things that like a one, one-time deal, they were done only at the time when they were commanded and they weren't uh, continuing after that, so they weren't included within the Tariq mitzvahs. Uh, referring specifically to the um, pigeon of the Bechoyrim, whereby the Shevet Levi uh, replaced the Bechoyim, the firstborn, that previously uh, had those responsibilities. And uh, the remainder uh, were exchanged for a monetary uh, sum. So that actually is kind of a continuation of what we were talking about last week with the concept of Erechen, where we talked about uh, a person is uh, buying himself back, in a sense, from, from Hektish, or he's, he's uh, contributing a uh, sum to Hektish in, in, uh, according to his own value. And we talked about that, uh, the uh, concept of money, being able to uh, have a, the, the power to uh, replace or to redeem a person from another um, domain, in other words, when you switch something from the domain of Hektish, which is uh, owned by the Bismictus, basically, and you want to take them out of that, then you have to give a sum of money equal to the value of that thing, plus 20%. In the case of the Erechia Lai, where a person says, I will donate my own value to the Bismictus, uh, it's kind of an exceptional case where there's a flat rate and it's not uh, according to the market value. And there's no 20% added. In any case, um, and that's similar to the idea of the Pidina Ben, where, that we uh, still today uh, buy back the uh, firstborn child from the coin by giving him the sum of five shekels, uh, which really goes back to the, these, these mitzvahs. Anyway, uh, we talked about the, uh, the idea of the, that, that um, money has the capability to purchase a person back from a different domain and put them into, you know, to switch domains from one to the other. Um, and in the idea of um, the Levium now replacing the Bechoyim, the Levium were basically, were basically being um, put into the, uh, the service of the Koyanim. Now, they were not just on their own independent people uh, allowed to go you know, uh, make any choice they want in life. They were actually dedicated from birth to the service of the coin, and they were expected to um, to continue that in, in that uh, position for the rest of their lives. Uh, of course, they had you know certain besides spending a certain amount of time uh, serving the Bismikdash, Mishkan Bismikdash, whatever. Um, they uh, spent the rest of the time in certain specific cities that were allotted to Livium and uh, doing certain uh, types of... Uh, they were supported to an extent by Jumus uh, and Maestris, and um, they were expected to certain types of jobs. 
In any case, their, their lives were very much affected by this and, and they really had no choice about it. Um, so we're told that <clears throat> when they were... Uh, it's just, you know, a first-time thing. You know, they, they were they were actually chosen for this position because they were not guilty of uh, of uh, following the the uh, the Chatzos uh, Eagle, the Golden Calf. And so, uh, because they were they weren't guilty of that, and the Bechorim were, um, therefore, it was considered appropriate that they should take on that role of dedicating their lives to the service of Hashem and the Bais and when uh, Haran was, was uh, uh, instructed to uh, give this over to them, that they were they were going to be replaced, they were going to replace the they were going to replace the Bechoyim, uh, He was told to um, to uh, now what's the word entice them or, or to to uh, to convince, to, to uh, encourage them. Um, to take this on willingly because uh, it was a tremendous opportunity. And the fact is that you know the fact that they were chosen to uh, serve Hashem is a, a very big deal. It's something that um, uh, was exclusive to them and was a tremendous opportunity to uh, elevate their their lives to a whole different level. And so therefore, they should be happy about it as opposed to resisting it as something that's going to to uh, impede upon them in some way. Uh, in the same way, obviously, we as Jews, uh, being born as Jews, we're already born into more obligations than uh, a normal person, uh, you know, from the from the Umas uh, Oilam, from the nations of the world. And we have this exclusive uh, responsibility to serve Hashem full-time, as, we, as we, we've talked about before. At any rate, the Pasha itself is <clears throat> pretty much focused on counting and describing the procession of the Jewish people through the Midbar, through the desert, the 40 years. They had a very specific formation that they were intended to follow, where uh, the three, three Shvotim, well, actually, the 12 Shvatim were, were divided up into groups of three, four groups of three, and they uh, followed a certain formation in terms of east, west, north, and south. And they were uh, counted by the means of the, um, the Shekel HaKodesh, by giving them the, the uh, uh, having the, sh- the Shkulim that they donate. They were not actually counted, you know, by head, by the head. They were counted by the counting of the Shkulim that they gave in. So, um, and not only were they counted by giving the shkulim, they were given a brucha for and after that counting. So the problem with the counting is that it's a, it's a sin and clole. In other words, if, as we saw in the times of uh, David Melech, where they counted the yid and they made a census without um, without uh, using some other thing to count. They counted the people directly, and there was a terrible plague that followed that. Um, the whole concept of counting is uh, very problematic when it comes to a, a census uh, to count the people directly. So um, the Moenaim asks uh, this question because the Yidin were promised that they were going to be, back in Romavini already, that they were promised to be uh, without number, that they would be, you know, like this, the sands of the, of the, of the shore of, the, of the, uh, the seas or the stars 
in the sky, they were considered to be uh, without number, uh, something that surpasses number. And we know of Hashem himself that he surpasses the concept of number. He's echad ve'en sheni. He's one without a second. And this is not like normally you count one and you count two, three, four, five, and you go on. But when it comes to Hashem, he's counted one and there is nothing to follow him because there is no other that a compares to him. So therefore, he's echad ve'yuchid. He's one and, and one and only. And the Yidden are also supposed to be in a category of one and only. They're supposed to be, as opposed to just being one of the nations of the earth, or even the first of the nations of the earth. Um, there is an idea of coming to a level of being beyond number altogether. The idea of being beyond the number is also the idea of beyond being beyond Zman, being beyond the concept of time, because time also is an idea of it's, it's being divided into into units of time, and you count those units in seconds or minutes or hours, days, uh, months, years. All, we're all it's all a matter of counting. We count these things, and uh, the example of that is, of course, what we're in right now. Preparing uh, this last week, preparing for Shavias, um, is counting up to the number forty nine. Counting the days till Shavias, and then Shavias is the fiftieth day, which we don't actually count. Uh, More nine says that that is symbolic of the concept that Hashem, being one, again without uh, number, is uh, he 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 is mashlim. He he uh, completes that counting by being the fiftieth, and the fiftieth is the concept of bina, which is really beyond uh, any kind of counting. Uh, or the beginning of the counting at any rate, the beginning of, of any kind of um, creation. So the, 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 the bad result is that, that uh, Hashem is mitzaref. So the idea is that, that really Jews are not supposed to have a number because they of the Cheta Egel, because of the fact that they did sin by the golden calf, they... Their their position was um, was denigrated, so that they actually did come underneath the idea of uh, of, uh, of of being able to be counted. Uh, even and even then, they had to be counted by by something else. So, what is the? Does that mean that we can totally give up this concept of unification that we're actually one? Um, so, the way to understand this is that. Really, we still can access the concept of achdus of, of of being one and uh, no other, um, and that is when we unify ourselves with Hashem, specifically through the concept of a number. If that number is leading us to achdus, in other words, if the concept of number means that we're each person considers himself to be an individual who is comparing himself to everyone else and, in a sense, competing with everyone else, then the concept of being, uh, having a number is, um, is something which destroys the concept of being unified. Because each one is comparing himself and saying, well, that one's higher than me or lower than me, or, uh, and I'm separate from them, and each one is, is, is a separate entity for itself. When number is used for that purpose, then it divides us as opposed to bringing us together. But the idea here is that instead of of using the concept of number to divide us, 
it should be used as a concept of coming together. And how, how can we accomplish that? So if we look at um, the idea that the Taig mitzvahs themselves, they're often compared to a body where each of the the uh, the mitzvahs has is, is corresponds to a different part of the uh, the shasagidim or mach it's 248 limbs and 365 uh, sinews or whatever the veins uh, arteries. So the point is that each that 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 because the uh, this number of, of uh, 613 mitzvahs is compared to the body. So the body is, is, is one. And as you look at the person from the outside, you look at, you see one entity. And you don't think about listing off all of the numbers of the uh, things that comprise the body as being separate entities. So they so all cooperate and each one has its own specific job. And they all cooperate to create a functioning body to the point where if any of them is uh, is incomplete or not well or whatever, the body is missing something. It's it's uh, it's missing completion and it doesn't function as well. So because they're all cooperating, they're all working hand in hand to be able to lead to that shlemus, to that that complete completion and and to that that uh, total functioning. Um, so when you look even deeper into it. And the more you find out about the body, you find out that each of those elements of the body is comprised of thousands of, uh, of, of uh, parts and, and, and millions of cells and, and uh, a tremendous number of, of, uh, of components that, that make it function. And yet, because they're all devoted to the same purpose, which is the functioning of the body itself as a whole... They 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 don't uh, have any independent entity as themselves. They they're not. They wouldn't even be able to survive on their own outside of the body. They, they would they would disintegrate when separated from the body. So their whole existence is for the sake of the body as a whole. So when if we consider the the Jewish people as a whole, this by the way is is also true of uh, and it is simply a manifestation of the fact that this is true in higher. Uh, dimensions as well. We talk about higher worlds, uh, spiritual worlds. It's the same thing. I mean, they talk about the heichulis, that there are all these uh, uh, different uh, chambers and, and uh, legions of, of, of molochim and, and uh, of, of angels and all these different things that are, are talked about in, in Sifri Kabbalah. There's tremendous, tremendous quantities of these things, and yet they are the, the heavenly hosts, so to speak, or the, the celestial bodies, and all these things. The stars themselves are, are, you know, talking about huge, huge numbers here. But you're not talking about any individual as having its own independence and its own as being a separate entity, because they're all, again, uh, um, subordinate to the functioning of everything as one. And we we have this in the Rosh Hashanah Shabbos that we say Friday night in the Kabbalah Shabbos. It says Chad lekabel Chad. As one is uh, is um, opposite or what is 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 uh, facing the, is facing one. One is facing one, meaning that the the Hashem in the higher worlds 
is is facing the manifestation in the lower worlds. I mean, the lower worlds is one, and the higher worlds is one, but they're facing each other, and together they, they unite to become one. So this whole idea of achtas, the, the concept of, of, of true unity, is a unity which is so much one for the sake of the other and one uh, realizing that its, its whole um, existence is for the sake of the other and, 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 and in, in unity with the other, that there is no separation. Therefore, they're all considered to be unified. You know, and when we talk about, and when we come to Harsinai, ki ish echad belev echad, as one person uh, and with one heart. It was there was such a level of achtis when they went to receive the Torah on Har Sinai that they were truly uh, uh, unified with each other and with Hashem because and so the whole the whole functioning of Har Sinai was the concept of giving and receiving that and this this was a whole preparation of these forty nine days which we counted to come to this level of fiftieth day, which is that that day of of axis of total unity, where we perfected each of the elements of the personality so that we would be prepared to receive the uh the Torah Bishlamus with a with a completeness and with an axis. So the whole idea was to come together where we would be receiving and, and, and desiring to receive from Hashem who would be giving. So Hashem is giving and we're receiving. Okay, so, so when you're working on that concept of, of because when, when one is giving, the other is receiving, and that one is giving, the other is receiving, neither is, is, is a, an entity in itself. Each one is depending on the other one for something. The giver is depending on the receiver to receive, and the receiver is depending on the giver to give. So each one is doing something which only they can do, and they're totally dependent on the other one in order to be able to, to get this, uh, to, to, to you know, create that cycle and that, that uh, the total interdependence. So the... Um, the outgrowth of this is uh, something I was thinking about a very, very serious um, uh, understanding I think we have to come to is when we talk about simcha, we talk about joy and happiness. We have to really understand what that's about. So the, the concept of, of being happy, happiness can be divided into two different types of happiness. One happiness is a kind of an existential happiness, which is just a default. It's like um, a constant. Um, we call this simcha sachayim, a joie de vivre, like just a, a joy in living. And what is the source of that joy, joy in living? The, the source of the joy in living is, is precisely what we were talking about before, that um, because we recognize that we were chosen for a particular purpose and for a particular task, and we have the opportunity to serve Hashem, in a unique way, which doesn't, you know, refer to anyone else in the world, um, that is such a, a tremendous uh, opportunity to become close to Hashem in that way. That simply being chosen, the fact that we have been chosen, the fact that we are Jews, is is itself a reason to be happy on a, on a, on a regular basis. So that's that's a, just a general happiness that applies every day. You get up and you say, uh, "You thank Hashem to be a Jew." You know, Shalai Zanigoy, whatever. You you have this this uh, tremendous. Gratitude, but it's not just gratitude. It's it's a, 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 a happiness in the very act of, of of having that relationship with Hashem. 
So again, that, but that's on a, on a more general basis. Then there's something we call simcha shal mitzvah. And simcha shal mitzvah is talking about the simcha that we have in every specific mitzvah that we do. So how is that different? Because we could say that uh, we're happy to do the mitzvahs because, again, because we're chosen to, we have the opportunity to serve Hashem with that mitzvah. But I would say that it's, it goes beyond that, that the simcha, the, the source of the simcha of doing the mitzvah is because we are participating in Hashem's simcha. We know that Hashem, there's various uh, uh, expressions of the word uh, and, and, uh, and various um, uh, usages of words regarding the simcha applying to Hashem himself. But Hashem has a level of, of some way, we, it's very, always kind of anthropomorphic when we, we uh, describe emotions uh, to Hashem. But the fact is that, that uh, he does experience simcha on his level of experience simcha because he, that's what he calls it. So therefore, it's something that, that corresponds to our simcha, and that's the, way we, the only way we can understand it. The point is that if we, we if, by doing a mitzvah, we are participating in Hashem's simcha, and we are giving Hashem simcha. So therefore, the simcha is even if you know by doing a certain thing, you know, you're, you're, you're shaking the lulav. So, so uh, shaking the lulav for us, if we if there was nothing else behind it, why should we? Enjoy the the, the the action of of shaking of shaking our lulav. I mean that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But if we realize what that shaking the lulav represents and what we're accomplishing by doing that and what we're doing, what, what and the fact that that even beyond that, even beyond any particular uh, reasons, although I do believe that we should, you know, one of the things we're doing here is to explore. Um, the reasons for mitzvahs, the, the, uh, the deeper meaning for mitzvahs. But even beyond understanding what it's for, the idea, the very fact that Hashem, because Hashem knows what it's for, uh, that he takes pleasure in this mitzvah and we're able to give him pleasure by doing the mitzvah. So then the actual act of doing the mitzvah is something that brings us pleasure, that, that brings us a level of simcha because we, we can do that to, in a sense together with Hashem because Hashem also but he has, he has his own way of doing the mitzvah that we do on his own level. So the very fact that we come together with Hashem and we participate in that mitzvah b'shas maisa is a reason to be happy. And one of the things that we know that makes Hashem happy is this kibyochol, uh, is the concept of of this give and take, this, this giving and receiving, because Hashem wants to give. So, and, and the way that Hashem, we allow Hashem to give is by receiving, by, by agreeing to receive, by, by uh, not just saying, well, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be matria Hashem, I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, put him out of his way by receiving something from him. On the contrary, Hashem wants to give. We, he wants us to be on the level where he can give us, you know, where we're not pushing him away or, or we're not doing things that prevent him from giving us because of uh, it wouldn't be just to give us if we weren't behaving properly. So, we have to behave in order to be able to, to that he should be able to give us but the idea is that that the idea of giving and receiving and us receiving for him and him giving for us that the kind of a, a reciprocal uh, relationship um, 
is it, it creates an environment of simcha. This, the idea that um, I use an example of this idea of a chalukah that um, here in Israel at least we have uh, situations where before young It's interesting also that the Moranayim talks about um, the uh, Mishnah in Riki Ovis. It talks about in Perak uh, Hay in, uh, in the fifth chapter about that the world was created with ten Maimudas, with ten statements, as opposed to it could have been. Uh, created with only one. And he says that the reason for this uh, is actually, and you think, you know, it would have been perhaps more appropriate to uh, use only one statement because if you want to talk about the Achtas of Hashem, it's, you know, he's one, so therefore there should be one statement. Uh, on the other hand, um, it says that it's in order to uh, punish the wicked um, because the world was created with ten statements, so therefore it's it's worth that much more. So they should be punished that much more. And um, and on the, and on the other hand, the tzaddikim uh, were doing the right thing, uh, get even more reward because they're upholding the world, which was created with ten uh, statements, making it you know so much the more worthy of, of reward. But he asks, you know, what Hashem is not out to uh, to punish people. Or he doesn't. He's not. That's not his. Uh, he's not interested in bringing more punishment. So why would he want to amplify uh, the punishment? So he says, what it really means is, is that the concept of the ten Maimuras is the concept of tzimtzum. That Hashem is contracting his his presence to be able to come into the world, Davka, uh, so that everyone should be able to. Uh, Participate in his uh, in his presence, and that, that it shouldn't be so overwhelming that people can't stand up and 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 uh, uh, have a, a connection with him. So each of those ten statements represents a different level of coming down in his manifestation, so that he becomes more accessible to people on a lower level or creations on a lower level that would not be able to to relate to him otherwise. So the idea is that the 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 fact that, it, that there is this this concept of a contraction of his presence is specifically to be able to be makarov, to be able to bring uh, the creations closer to him so they shouldn't be repelled or they shouldn't be overwhelmed. Uh, and in that sense, the idea is that it's 
it, what it's doing is allowing even a person who is on the level of a rusha, of a, of a, of a non, I mean, a, you know, a wicked person, to be uh, able to still find a place to be able to approach Hashem and, and become scarred to, to Hashem. So that's really what it means is that if, if then after all of those after that real opportunity to be able to, at whatever level he's on, to be able to come close to Hashem, and he still, uh, he still doesn't want to take advantage of that, or or he still rejects it. So then he's more deserving of punishment because he had a chance, as opposed to if he, if Hashem was so remote and so high up that he couldn't even begin to uh, to approach him, then uh, he probably wouldn't be worthy of punishment either in that sense. But the point is that um, that the idea of the ribui, of the of the extended number, instead of just having one, you have, uh, uh, you have more, is a, a, a concept of opportunity that the, by having more, having a higher number, it, it allows more people to get involved. It, it, it allows room for more to get involved and shouldn't be uh, so exclusive. So the fact, for example, that the, that the Jewish people is in the world is uh, really supposed to give the opportunity for all nations to be able to have a relationship with Hashem and to be able to bring down Hashem into the world in such a, an, an, even onto lower levels where he's accessible to, he's in, made known and accessible to everyone and, uh, and, and to the, the entire Bria, the entire creation with all of its creations, uh, uh, that they should all be uh, aware of Hashem and and uh, part of that that uh, unification of of a total relationship with Hashem. So again, all of this is uh, is is um, what the experience of Matan Torah and Shavuos is, uh, is is talking about, and that's what we really have to be uh, make an effort to uh, to be aware of uh, on that special day. Good job, Tov. Again, we encourage people to um, to visit um, our site at nakuda.org and um, on patreon.com slash nakuda. And uh, if anybody wants to dedicate uh, one of these uh, programs to a loved one, please uh, give us an email at info at nakuda.org. Thank you so much.